Hi everybody, I'm Peter Travers and this is popcorn, but it's not just any popcorn, it's a special year-end popcorn where I pick the best and worst movies of 2016. I bet you can tell a little bit. Anyway, let me start my countdown towards the top with the best movies of 2016. I'm going to start with The Birth of a Nation, Nate Parker's movie, which is one of the best-reviewed movies of the year. But because of a rape case in Nate Parker's past, in which he was tried and found not guilty, uh, people have tried this movie in the court of public opinion and have missed one of the best movies about what slavery is and what a slave rebellion is ever in Hollywood history. I think it's a real disgrace that people are dropping this off their list because they're convicting this man on personal matters. That should never have happened. But there it is on my list. Then there's a movie called Hell or High Water, starring Jeff Bridges in one of his best performances as a Texas sheriff, having to deal with two brothers played by Chris Pine and Ben Foster. Here's a tough, kind of intimate look about what violence is and what it is in men and how it's tied into their character. Really smart, stinging movie. And if you haven't seen it yet, hey, there's always streaming. Okay, Loving. Loving is a movie about a real case. Um, a couple called The Lovings who were arrested because he was white, she was black, and they couldn't marry in the United States because in the 1950s it was illegal to do it. Joel Edgerton uh, is the husband, Ruth Nega is the wife. Two better performances would be hard to find, so look this one up and definitely see it. Sully. I've got to just scream a little bit about Sully. Directed by Clint Eastwood, uh, starring Tom Hanks as Captain Sully Sullenberger, who had that miracle in the Hudson where uh, the geese hit that plane when it was taking off and landed saving everybody on board. One of the great classical pieces of filmmaking this year. Here's my unprovoked personal attack on the Hollywood foreign press who give out the Golden Globes, who decided this really wasn't worth a nomination as Best Picture, and that Tom Hanks wasn't worth nominating as Best Actor. I find that just totally ridiculous. And so what do I think of the Golden Globes? That's a raspberry I'm trying to do. That could be dubbed in later. I hate the Golden Globes. They're awful. Sully is the opposite of awful. It is great. Then there's another one-name movie called Jackie, directed by a Chilean filmmaker named Pablo Lorraine about Jacqueline Kennedy. Only Jacqueline Kennedy in the week after the assassination of her husband, John Kennedy. Natalie Portman giving a performance that is every bit as good, if not better, than the one that won her an Oscar uh, for Black Swan. This is a reinvention of the biopic, not something that you see on TV, but something that says, I'm going to look at this woman in ways you've never seen before. She's steel. Great performance, and not just a great performance, but a great movie. Silence. Silence is a movie from uh, Martin Scorsese that he's been basically talking, at least to me, about since 1989 when he loved this book written by a Japanese convert to Christianity set in the 17th century in Japan and talking about two Portuguese priests, one played by Andrew Garfield, the other by Adam Driver who go to Japan to try to find out, not just to convert souls to Christianity and be persecuted for it, 
but to try to find out what happened to their mentor, uh, a priest played by Liam Neeson. And it's about faith, it's about doubt, it's a challenge. For people that have never or don't want to be challenged by movies outside of the Marvel comic universe, this movie's going to take a piece out of you, but it is so worth it. Fences. Fences is a movie that Denzel Washington directs, starring himself and Viola Davis, who played this on Broadway and won Tony Awards. It is by a playwright, uh, August Wilson, who's been dead for a couple of years now, but who's a major voice in the American theater and about black American lives. And what Denzel does as a director and an actor is extraordinary. What Viola Davis does along with him is a kind of duet, a partnership that makes you just sit up and say, I can't believe this kind of acting. It was that good. Moonlight. Moonlight, again, an extraordinary movie about the black experience in America. It is directed and written by Barry Jenkins. It is telling the story of one boy growing up in the Miami projects who's gay, who's an outsider, who feels that he can't reach out to anybody in love. He's played by three separate actors at different ages in the movie. Everyone coalesces into one. It's the kind of movie that seems to come out of nowhere and make you say, who's the guy that did this? How is a miracle of a movie like this possible? Well, it is possible, and its name is Moonlight. Then there is Manchester by the Sea. Uh, Kenneth Lonergan wrote it and directed it. It stars Casey Affleck, I think, in a performance that should already have his name engraved on an Oscar for. Who is he? He's a guy facing tragedy in his life, basically trying to take care of his nephew who's alone in the world. It sounds like it's serious to the extreme, and it isn't. It's funny, it's human, it's sad. It makes you believe that you're watching a life that's actually being lived, not Hollywood, not a Hollywood version of anything. Uh, just terrific in every way. All right, number one. What is the movie that I think is better than anything else? You know, the, the top three of my list are kind of all so close to each other, but I'm picking La La Land, which is written and directed by a, a young man named Damien Chazelle, who has said to himself, I'm going to reinvent the musical. I'm tired of everybody just being nostalgic about what it's going to be. I'm going to cast Emma Stone and Ryan Gosling, and I'm going to set it in L.A. right now, and I'm going to make what musicals meant to people in terms of their beauty, in terms of their yearning, in terms of how they make you feel. And I am going to do it with all the technique I have at my disposal. Damien Chazelle, he directed Whiplash and one other movie. He doesn't have the experience to do this, and yet what he does is to basically reinvent cinema for now. I get really excited when a young filmmaker comes along who says, Let's start from scratch. Let's make it fresh. There isn't a fresher, more live movie in 2016 than La La Land. Now for the worst movies of 2016. You know, I, I could go on. I'm going to try to limit this list and not go on forever. But, you know, I'm a movie critic, so I see, oh, I see crap on almost a daily basis. So I could do 200, but I'm going to pick the ones that most offended me. And I'm going to start with a holiday movie called Office Christmas Party that's filled with people that I really like, Jason Bateman, Jennifer Aniston, Kate McKinnon. 
And this is a movie so desperate to be funny that it never is. And the party just sits there on the screen. I sat there watching it going, when is this going to come to life? It never does. So just in case you're tempted to spend your holidays at office Christmas party, don't. And you can thank me later. Allegiant, Allegiant. Now this is part of the Divergent series, you know, which always, <laughs> it always wanted to be the Hunger Games, and it wasn't. This was the third chapter in it, and it was so dull and so basically lifeless on the screen that the fourth movie is probably going directly to television. Everybody said, well, look, nobody cares. So why are you going to inflict it on a TV audience? Why are you going to make the fourth one when the third one, the second one, and the first one suck so very badly? I don't know. That's the mystery of Hollywood. Oh, I'm picking American Pastoral. This is because people say to me, oh, you're always picking on these big Hollywood movies and you're always loving the indie movies. Well, because the indie movies are better most of the time. But American Pastoral is based on a Philip Roth novel. It's an indie movie that stars Ewan McGregor. It's directed by Ewan McGregor. It's done with all the best intentions to bring a great author's work to the screen. And it is awful from scene one to when it says the end. Everything about this represents the worst of indie cinema. Pretentious, long, badly acted, horribly written. It just made me want to scream and look at the screen itself and say, make it stop. Do not stream it. Do not go near it. You know, it should have a leper's bell on it. American Pastoral. This is me, Peter Travers, saying there are indie movies that are bad, and this is the worst of them. Okay, Alice Through the Looking Glass. Now, Alice in Wonderland, when Tim Burton did it, had a lot of pizzazz, at least visually. You looked at it and you went, Phew. and Tim Burton kind of sat this one out. Uh, Alice in Wonderland made so much money that they thought we have to make a sequel and we'll just bring the same people together, uh, Mia Wasikowska as Alex, and it will all be perfect. It isn't. It just sits there. It looks like someone threw up on the camera so that you just see these colors you never want to see again. Disgusting and awful. Do not go near it. Oh, boy, I just love it when movies are so bad that you just go, how is it possible? And this is one. Independence Day Resurgence. I think they took a decade to make a sequel to this because they couldn't get Will Smith to do it. And Will Smith was really smart. He's done a lot of mistake movies, but Independence Day said, I don't want to remake this. It was okay the first time. Okay, this, this follow-up to it, it just has paycheck all over it. It's like, okay, we'll just give you the same swell and make you believe you saw it for the first time. Oh, we're not that stupid. Everybody at the box office said, I know this movie. There's something phony and fake about it. I'm not going. You didn't go. You are so smart. Inferno. Inferno, I get people angry because Inferno is the continuation <laughs> of all of these books that are huge bestsellers. It had Tom Hanks in it, who's one of the best actors on the planet. I love him in everything. But this movie is so tired that you could tell Ron Howard's heart isn't in it. You could tell Tom Hanks's heart isn't in it. And Felicity Jones, who's his co-star, who's so good now in Rogue One, a Star Wars story, she's they're lost. You're watching good people staggering around lost 
and trying to repeat the Da Vinci Code, which was good as a book, but which was terrible as a movie. This is more terrible. Please, no, no more ever. Allied, allied, you know, love stories in movies. Everybody started out with this. We're going to have Brad Pitt, oh, so hot. Marion Cotillard, even hotter. They come together in a World War II love story. And you know what, people? You may want to repeat the success of Casablanca, but if your leads don't have any chemistry, it dies on the screen there. There was more chemistry in the false rumors that Brad Pitt and Marion Cotillard were having a thing off camera, which they both denied. But in that, there was some energy. In the movie, there's nothing. It just lies there, flat and awful. Okay, we're getting to the real top of the list now of badness. Collateral beauty. Uh, it has nothing but stars in it. It's got Will Smith, Dame Helen Mirren, Kira Knightley. Uh, every time you turn around, there's somebody else who's Edward Norton, who's a big star. And it's basically about a, a man, Will Smith plays, facing tragedy, who doesn't know how to go on with his life running a tech company. So he writes letters to concepts, the concept of love, the concept of death, and the concept of time. If that doesn't make you want to just bolt for the exits when you hear that, just stay for a few more minutes of it, and you just watch things that, you know, why on the set didn't people say to each other, what are we doing here? This is a disaster. We could just sit and read our emails to each other, and it would be more entertaining. I'm sure that it would be. Okay. Second worst movie of 2016. And number two and number one, boy, they're fighting it out. But number two is Warcraft. I just don't know how you can make a movie that is basically attracted people to itself as a video game, as a way of playing, as a way of being excited to see creatures out of fantasy having conflict. Nothing works in it. It just sits there. Even visually, it's dead. There are over $100 million spent to produce this bilge, and it just dies there on the screen. We should not really review it. Some movies deserve more than a review. They deserve a stake through the heart. Warcraft is one of them. So now you can imagine, what do I think is worse than Warcraft? What do I think was the most offensive movie possible for me to see in 2016. People, that is a movie called Suicide Squad. That is a movie that I hate the most because my expectations for it were the highest. I wanted to see this movie, again, that had Will Smith in it, that had Margot Robbie in it, that was taking a comic book and going to be dark and going to be stinging and going to be something like Christopher Nolan was able to do when he did his Dark Knight movies. Nothing happens. Again, we're watching a movie where all the actors seem ready, where visually it seems ready, and it goes all wussy on us. It doesn't get dark at all. All of these Suicide Squad people who were so nasty in the comic books all have hearts, really. We're supposed to feel for them. You know what? I felt nothing. Suicide Squad makes me really happy to say goodbye to the movie year 2016.
Okay, that wraps up another edition of the Popcorn with Peter Travers podcast. If you liked it, be sure to subscribe and rate us. You can also find Popcorn on Twitter and Facebook at Popcorn ABC News. I also want to thank the people who helped produce this podcast. Angela Williams, Brian Fudge, Josh Cohen, David Fazekas, David Miller, Michael Rothman, Alexa Valiente, and the head of ABC News Digital, Dan Silver. I'll talk to you next Friday.